Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Club C47. My name is Sally Dar Griffin. And my name is Andrew Green Houston. And he's eating some pierogi. Pierogies. It's been a long day, y'all. So pierogies have been a nice little... Okay, here's a question. Did you grow up eating pierogies? My grandma is a big, like, pierogi person Uh because it's more of a Polish food, Yeah, I believe. Yeah, and so I used to have pierogies a lot. Interesting. But I haven't recently, so... I had never heard of pierogies until I went to boarding school, and, like, there were certain days, like, on Wednesdays, we'd have, like, Cobb salad, and on Thursdays was burgers, you know, how mm-hmm. high schools, like, have certain days. So there was, pierogies didn't come around every single week, that was just randomly, but on pierogi day, people flipped a shit. Like, people freaked out, and I had never heard of pierogies until then, um, but they served them with applesauce and sour cream. That sounds about right. Yeah. They were good, though. I did love pierogi day. Yeah. I mean, it's just a nice... <laughs> Anyways. I don't know, something a little different. When I was all um, at Ralph's today, I just couldn't resist it. I'm it, having some Snapple peach tea, which is my fave. Have you ever had it? No. Don't maybe, have it, maybe. though, because of the corona. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I can't try it. Well, well, let's get into the big news that's going on in the world is the coronavirus has um, <laughs> sort of been it's a... It's not funny. Why am I laughing? No, it's not funny. I'm just <laughs> laughing because like, we're not a news source. No, that's why I'm that laughing. Is, that is true. But in terms of like entertainment, it has done a lot of impact. So the coronavirus has been spreading all over the place and definitely is going to cause people to think about whether or not they're going to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's causing businesses to not even do well. Even South by Southwest, which is the famous uh, movie music festival that happens in Austin in March... It hasn't been canceled yet, but there's rumors that maybe that festival will be canceled. Netflix pulled all of their content Mm -hmm. from South By. And then No Time to Die, which is the James Bond movie, it was supposed to be released in April, and now it's going to be released in November. Yeah, which is a really big jump, April to November. I know. Especially because we've already seen trailers for it, like a ton of trailers. Yeah, it's it's been hyped up for a while. It'll be interesting because I wonder if, I mean, if they... Like, they're doing that so more people will see it in November. But because it's been hyped up now, and then it'll... There'll be, a, like, a break between it. Honestly, it probably will be the same attendance, if I had to guess, right? Because I feel like people might be over it by then, you know? Well, November know. is a, a good month to release because that's when Oscar season is coming out. So True. I can see No Time to Die getting maybe that visual effects, the sound, those types of nominations because that is when Oscar season is coming out. But also, April is a good blockbuster month, especially since January through March are more of those blackluster months. I mm-hmm. mean, think of the movies that have come out already. They're not really anything special. But April's <laughs> sort of the Tea. kickoff to summer movies, I would say. Yeah. And so No Time to Die coming out in April was a smart idea because it is James Bond, blockbuster. It does work. But now moving it to November, it's definitely going to give them a little more time to like work on it and make it good. But also, it's probably annoying for them because they want to see the film and but they want to get the money and they know that people aren't going to go to the movies if people are sick all over the place you know i feel like i'd be annoyed if i were the editor and because they have more time they're probably like oh well you know just keep going over it i'd be pissed yeah (laughs) i would just put it away in a vault yeah me too but then if you watched it again you'd like see mistakes once you have that long to sit on it Mm -hmm. i don't know interesting i want to check up on the editor of that movie he needs like an edible arrangement or something yeah but (laughs) i guess everyone's gonna be streaming content from now on so i feel like this is a good opportunity for those streaming services to publish their content now because a lot of people aren't gonna go to the movies for a while i feel true i mean i guess it depends on where you're from and 
how serious it is in the area. Obviously, LA has been kind of iffy lately with the virus and other places are too. But I don't feel like people are like overreact like when you're out and about like no one is overreacting like well, I, I think the only people who were well you only really overreact when you go on amazon and realize mm-hmm. that all the soap and all the hand sanitizer sold out that's true yeah so that's kind of a little uh question mark well i'll be going to the movies tomorrow <laughs> what are you gonna be seeing tomorrow i'm gonna see that new kids movie called i think it's pixar is it pixar i'm not sure mm-hmm. um yeah it's called onward and the reason why i want to see it is because I think I saw the preview with you at another movie that we were watching, and it's about, and I might not be completely correct, but it's about some kids and their father has passed away and they do something that brings him back to life, but he can't talk to them and he's like missing a head or something. I don't know, but it's basically, they had a father that died and then they bring him back to life. And I just want to see it because it'll be interesting to see how they handle that topic because I imagine... If there's a kid in the audience whose father died, I would be afraid that that kid would start to think like, oh, mom, like I can bring dad back to life. I don't know. I just think it's interesting territory. But if anyone can do it well, it would be Pixar because they can do like sensitive topics well. Pixar can like handle everything. Yeah. So I don't know. That's why I want to see it. I think it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Yeah. Well, I I think of uh, Meet the Robinsons. That was a Disney movie that I know for some people, for just like through personal experiences or whatever from other people, where the idea of adoption is big on Meet the Robinsons mm-hmm. and people didn't know about that going in, so parents would take their kids who were adopted and mm-hmm. that would definitely cause them to have a different experience and different view. And I don't know how Disney handled it, but that yeah. was just another film I thought of where it's like it's tiptoeing around subjects that families especially like the younger kids mm. it's hard for them to talk about and hard to discuss because like you mentioned with onward you don't really know how kids are going to view this especially for those who might have lost their yeah a, a, like a, a parent or a significant like person in their lives yeah yeah it'll be it'll be interesting but in high school there was a guy that worked for pixar that came to speak just randomly this is before i knew i wanted to do anything in film and the one thing i took away from what he talked about is that when Pixar works on movies, they work on them for so long, like years, sometimes decades. And so that's why if you look at Pixar movies, every single one is a hit. Like every single one is so good. And it's because they spend so much time working on it until it is that good. Like, so they t- they know what they're doing. So I don't really question it, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be interesting to see what they do. Even with all the Easter eggs in Pixar movies, I don't mm-hmm. know if you pay attention to all yeah, the Easter like, eggs. Yeah, like I've seen all the Tumblr posts, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like the rumor that everything in Pixar is connected together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it's fun seeing little bits of Easter eggs. And then you watch the YouTube videos that kind of explain it all. Yeah. So I wonder if there's any Easter eggs that connect to Onward. Yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, we wouldn't know yet until we see it. But, see, but it's actually showing at the adult theater with, like, the full meals and stuff. I call it the adult theater. But um, when I went to go see Sonic last week, that wasn't showing at the adult theater. Because I was like, oh, it's a kid's movie. They're just showing it at the normal one. But Onward is at the place with the reclining seats. I feel like any movie would be at the place with Okay, the- I don't feel... I feel like it's so adult, though. Well, I don't know if Sonic has done so well lately where it's gonna be in theaters for long yeah well maybe they're doing onward in there because it's pixar so adults are more apt to see pixar movies well yeah it just brings up the point what we talked what we talked about before where pixar movies or any children movies need to appeal to adults as much as they appeal to children because the adults are taking the children to the theater yeah 
So I wouldn't. It doesn't surprise me that a lot. I mean, we're what are we in our twenties, and yeah. we're likely gonna go see <laughs> Pixar. Neither of us have children. So. Yeah, I will see Pixar forever. Yeah. But do you do you have any um, interest in seeing the Sonic movie or no? No. Yeah. Not really. I didn't either, but I decided to go see it. Yeah, you want to talk about? Yeah, the the reason I decided to see it is because I wanted to go to the movies that day, and I saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and then I was also filming a YouTube video, and I was like, you know, it'll be funny if I see both of these movies in one day because they're so like it's such a random pair. Yeah. So and I had nothing else to do, so I was like, I might as well go see it, and if I don't want to continue, I can walk out of the theater. Um, but yeah, I saw it, and I. It was good. Like, it's good as far as kids' movies go, you know? It's just like, yeah. Like, it was whatever. Nothing special. Yeah. Like, if I were a kid, I would just be like, okay, cool. It wouldn't be a movie that I, as a kid, would have been obsessed with. But yeah, it, I mean, it's fine. Did you see Detective Pikachu? I did not. Okay, I was I was curious in it terms of a, the Nintendo mm-hmm. universe. Nintendoverse. I don't think Sonic is Nintendo. It's like Sony. I don't know, but like gaming. Type the, the gaming, stuff, the yeah. gaming universe where you have. What like did people think thing. of that in the end? I mean, it was it was so many memes before it actually came out, right? Well, there's memes for both of them, especially for Sonic. Oh yeah. They redid <laughs> they re- Sonic. Yeah. Because he wasn't accurate. Too. So funny. He's like shorter. Or... Well, no, he also just like looks scarier. <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, how long they were they delayed it for a while, didn't they? Or or yeah. or they either kept the same release date. But then I don't know. But they changed. changed. It's funny to look at the comparison pictures because the first one is definitely not as cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was yeah. The, the it was fine. The best scene was Jim Carrey dancing alone in his van. Um, yeah. That that's it. But what was? He just dances alone in his van, and it's just that's the best part. It's just. Funny. Any reason why? Or? No, because it's just him dancing. Because he's Jim Carrey and he's funny, and that's the best part of the movie. Interesting. So, yeah. If that's the best part of the movie, I do question it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It was just whatever. It's just a kids' movie. It's hard to like rate movies because, like, when they're like for kids, because. On one hand, kids' movies should be as entertaining as an adult. Like a Pixar, like I love Toy Story, five stars, you know? So mm-hmm. kids' movies can be great. But then it's also, you know, the majority of kids' movies, they're just they're just a movie, you know? So it's hard to rate them. It's like, oh yeah, this is good, I guess. But it's for, I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it depends on, I think, your, your time in life and how you mature. Mm-hmm. Over time is how you, like, rate movies and... What you would have rated as a kid would be completely different than what you would rate. Yeah, yeah. I was an adult. Speaking of more adult movies, what do you think of Portrait of a Lady on Fire? So good. It was so good. Five stars. What made it good? <laughs> okay, well, I think the most impressive thing to me is the fact that it's a period piece, but it's actually, you can tell the budget is very low because they have like basically two areas that they film in, which is the house and the beach. And the beach obviously requires no set dressing. It's just a beach. So mm-hmm. it's really just the costumes. That's it. And the house, which is, I mean, it's not super decorated, I guess. It's just an old house. So I think it's genius because it's a period piece that is probably just as cheap as a modern piece because there's they don't go anywhere. Um, so I think that's one interesting thing. It's also just such a pretty movie. The color palette is beautiful. so pretty. Um, and it's also just a great story. And it's kind of like the same thing with Parasite that we talked about, how like everything at the beginning ties into the end. Mm-hmm. So it has that vibe where it's, you know, things in the beginning are revealed at the end and you're, it makes it even more shocking. And it's, there's no twist ending necessarily, but like just things come full circle and it makes it more emotional because they come full circle. Gotcha. Um, 
so yeah, it's similar to Parasite in that way, which I think is one thing when I when I make a movie, I'm gonna try to do that where because I feel like it makes it more fulfilling as an audience when things come full circle like yeah. that. You you mentioned something to me earlier before we talked in the podcast that a portrait of a lady on fire does a good job talking about a relationship without making it mm. focus on sex. Yeah. Um, there was this article I saw and it was like sorry, I need to stop saying like but it was talking about how Portrait of a Lady does, like, communicates uh, love not through sexuality, but through sensuality, and how they use the gaze to indicate, uh, like, attraction, basically. So it's not, it's not, like, there are, I guess, physical parts, I guess, like, there's nudity and stuff, but it's not focused on just, I don't know, it's not convoluted. It's just, a, there's a lot of just silent moments in it, but you can still tell that these women are falling in love. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's just done really well. But the real the reason why I, beyond just the period piece thing, the experience of watching it was so nice because it is so quiet and there's very minimal dialogue. And so it was just relaxing. Like I was just, recently I have been in the state where just, social media, TV, everything can just be so annoying because it it just feels like everybody's yelling at the camera, at the TV, whatever. And so this movie was just so quiet and slow. It is just all I need. It's so relaxing. It was like if a massage were a movie, it would be Portrait of a Lady on Fire. (laughs) That's what I'll say. That's a good way to put it. You mentioned something about how it does a good job with sensuality and the gaze. And Mm -hmm. I feel movies when they do have that male gaze or female gaze or whatever it is, it definitely happens proficiently in the movie, but you as the audience are also kind of someone who is gazing at what's going on too. And yeah. so part of me is like, oh, are you part of that gaze that is going on that the, the, yeah. the characters are dealing with the, the movie at the same time? Yeah. When I was in my undergrad, we did more of a study of that with Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. We, we watched Magic Mike and we talked- Oh my God, you did not? You watched that for we, class? Yeah, we watched Magic Mike so for funny. class. And we talked about how the male gaze and the women gaze and how they're similar and how they're different. Uh-huh. But we, we as the audience are also in part of the gaze because we are being attracted to what's going on on the screen. You know, mm-hmm. exactly what I'm thinking. Um, we watched this movie in undergrad talking about voyeurism. And maybe you'll be able to help me remember what it, the name of it was. But it's an older movie. And it has a lot of like windows and looking at people through windows. Rear window? Is it rear window? With Alfred Hitchcock? Oh, maybe it is. Now I feel stupid. I don't feel like it was rear window. Maybe it was. If it was a window looking at other people through window. But it, when I think of rear window, I think of, I don't know if it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. But whatever. Voyeurism, baby. It's interesting. It's a whole paper there. Like, we're watching them, they're watching them, but we're... I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not Rear Window. Then. I don't know. I haven't re- watched Rear Window in several years. There is where the guy like looks and then he notices the murder. Maybe happening. it is. And now there's that new movie coming out called The Woman in the Window. With Amy Adams. Yeah, damn, this is coming full circle. It must have been Rear Window. Yes, it was. Yeah, and, that, and that movie uh, is based off a book, too. I didn't know that. Mm. And, and this yeah. is hopefully going to be one of Amy's big breaks this year. She's supposed to start a few movies... Hopefully she'll get an Oscar. She's one of my favorite actresses. Yeah, I like her. I, I think I might go see that movie, even though I don't like scary movies. Wait, I think neither I might of us see like it. scary movies. Let's go together then. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe if we go together, it will be a different experience. But I feel like you watch more scary movies than I do. No, well, I've tried to get over it recently because I feel like it's important. Because I feel, especially nowadays, not to say, and well, I guess there were older movies that were scary that are done well, like The Shining or Silence of the Lambs or whatever. But I feel like 
scary movies are so trendy nowadays, like pretty scary movies, you know, Midsommar and stuff. So I feel like I need to see more scary movies because they can be done well. And I think for a long time I thought, oh, well, all scary movies are bad because there's no story there. But that's not true. So yeah. I need to get over that. I know. I've been trying to get through them. You mentioned Silence of the Lambs, which brings up another point that Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. who plays Clarice in Silence of the Lambs, is actually coming to speak at LMU. Yes. So and we, we are going. We got our tickets. I don't know what she's talking about, though. I don't know. I guess just maybe her career and stuff. I and wonder she, if there's like a moderated Q&A, but, or maybe su- she's just talking. It surprise me, as everything we've seen. Today, actually, we our pre-production class FaceTime Tommy Harper, and he's an executive producer for... Star Wars The Force Awakens and Top Gun Maverick, which is the one that's coming out Mm -hmm. this year. And so he was telling us about his experiences, how he's worked up from the bottom up. He was a PA, he was assistant director for movies like The Princess Diaries and Miss Congeniality. Oh my god. And then he eventually got recruited to be this executive producer. And so he, he talked about a little bit of how he runs his budgeting. He talked about how... You definitely need to have personal connections with people, and that's how you're going to make those good relationships. And you want to work with people who have positive, not necessarily positive, but energy you can vibe with. Mm -hmm. And so basically everything we've been told, but it was nice to get it from the perspective of someone who worked their way up. He didn't go to film school. He actually went to school for advertising. Mm. But it it was interesting to hear that, hey, if you can do it, the rest of us can. But then our professor was like, Oh, a thousand people are going to want to be a PA for him. So don't hope to ever be a PA for him, basically, trying to crush your dreams. Because this is what every professor yeah. tends to do, is crush our dreams, you know? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I've been in this place recently where I'm, I... It, this sounds so stupid. But so over the weekend, I visited two friends from undergrad. Uh, one to just get coffee, one to get brunch. And to both of them, I was talking about in my mind, and I said this to my class, I think I've been telling anyone. Anyways, I have been recently walking around just assuming someone will come up to me. I don't actually think this, but I think someone will come up to me and just say, hey, I don't know what you've got, but you got it. And I'm sending you straight to the top and like, here's a job. And that I don't That'd actually, so nice. I don't actually think that's going to happen. But for some reason, I just think that there's some random man that'll come up to me and just be like, you got moxie, kid. And then I told that to John, and John goes, if someone comes up to you and says that, do not follow them. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, true. But I don't know. I just, like, on one hand, like, I think it's so difficult to get a job, but I'm, I, for some reason, I just think someone will come up to me and just be like, you've got it. <laughs> yeah. I don't that's know. The, that's, like, the dream. Because I think you hear those freak stories where people are like, yeah, like, I just met someone in the grocery store, and they just so happened to be, like, a big deal, and then they just gave me a job. And people, well, sometimes people pretend to be like that yeah. all the time. They, they, I forget the, the word our professor used, but basically it's when you brag about yourself enough, and basically you're just trying to get laid. So you <laughs> brag about all of your, all the people you've met. Oh, I just got coffee with this producer who's had a phone call with Jerry Bruckmeyer or whoever the hell it is. You know, those people like the shit brag themselves or it's like bullshit bragging, something along those mm-hmm. lines. And then we just assume like, oh, we'll just meet someone and automatically like we'll get a job or some life out of that. And then that never happens. But, you know, maybe, maybe someone's listening to this podcast. We, we realize that we have more listeners than we thought. I know. We were just discussing that when you we were at the grocery store. I'm shocked. There's people that like, 
listen to us. They follow our letterbox. It's how yeah. we know. I know. Well, what's funny is Andrew and I were talking about letterbox, and he said, well, I think some people are following me that follow you on letterbox. And I was like, I think it's because they listen to our podcast. I mean, well, or your YouTube. Yeah. But I don't think you've dropped your letterbox. On your I have. Well, the, the blog I uh, posted today was, like, very heavily letterbox. Did you drop mine today, too? Because I got a follower today. It's probably. I think because I have, like, our podcast linked in the description. I think that if people oh. find me somewhere and if they're into film, then they see the podcast and they... Interesting. Yeah. I don't know, baby. We're going straight to the top yeah. of Letterboxd. We're, Watch we're out. We're Letterboxd and <laughs> iTunes slash Spotify is like our social media platforms from now on. Yeah. We've gone away from TikTok and... Yeah. Letterboxd is so much more fun nowadays. I don't know. I love I it. I know. You have fun. I, I, it's fun when I add movies. I actually saw... I was walking by someone today and they had their Letterboxd account and really? I, I was too shy to be like... Who was oh, it? I don't know. Oh, it wasn't LMU? No, it was, Where an, were... it was an LMU student who oh. was just sitting at the table and he was... Logging in The Lost Boys? Oh, I don't think the, I've... It's like the vampire movie. And I, no. and I, I didn't want to say anything because I was walking right to class, but I, I <laughs> turned around and I did a dull take. So funny. Someone else is using Letterboxd. You know why I like Letterboxd? This is what I said in my blog I posted today, is that out of all the social media platforms, it's like Goodreads and Letterboxd are the least toxic. Like you're able to interact with people, but it's not... You don't have to, like the only times where I guess it would be quote unquote toxic is when you see someone that's watched a ton of movies and you feel bad about yourself. But that's, that's, that's all. That's you and me. Yeah, but that's <laughs> you it. You watch more movies than me. And I'm... I don't think I've watched, you know, my total number of movies. I think no, I meant like in the past week. Oh, I felt but bad. overall. I'm talking yeah. about overall. Oh. There's people that have seen like 2,000 movies. Well, it's funny because one of the top reviewers is like Sophie, our friend Sophie knows her. Yeah, they went to undergrad together. <sighs> I was a little jealous. Brat, Brat, Pitt Brat Pitt is like the a big letterbox. Yeah, account. and our friend knows her. Yeah, she lives here. Her name's Mia. I know. Yeah, if you're listening, she's never going to listen to this. But yeah, they went to undergrad together, and Sophie actually told me a story. I don't know. This isn't bad to say. Sophie saw her at, like, an Ikea or something, and, like, she knows her in real life, but um, they, like, saw each other, but then you know when you see someone that you know, and then you just, like, both agree to not say hi? Like, if you're at home and you're at the grocery store and you see someone you went to... Like, you know when it's like, we, oh. we know we both saw each other. Yeah. But we're just not going to say hi. So that's what happened with well, me and Sophie. Awkward. I know, that's what I said. I was like, I would go up and say hi. I don't let people do that shit to me. Oh. But that's my attitude. That happens to me if I go to the If same. I see someone do that to me at a grocery store, I'm like, oh, fuck no. I'm, go- I'm going to aisle three right now. You're, you're embarrassed now? Yeah, really, because it's like, no, that's what you do. Well, that's also my... I'm always very much like killing with kindness. Yeah, you're too nice. <laughs> I, I would have ignored him and not even worried about it. You would have been the one embarrassing me. But I don't think you and I would ever do that. I yeah. feel like if I saw you at a grocery store, I'd stop and say hi. Yeah, I feel like you'd say hi to people. Yeah, no. But then I guess maybe. also there's like a social anxiety aspect. Like, and I, that's fine. But it's like, I'm still going to say hi to you. Come on. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if I go back to my hometown and I, I go into the hometown Target, I will not be saying hi to those people I went to <laughs> high school with. They're just not people I ever want to associate myself with. The only reason I wouldn't say hi to someone if I, like, knew knew them is because I haven't seen them in a decade, and I legitimately don't think that they would remember me. Yeah. Like, that's why. It's, like, because I haven't gone to school in my hometown For me, yeah. For me, (laughs) there's people I haven't seen since I've graduated in almost six years, five, five, six years Uh now, and I just... If I saw them again, I don't know what life would be. I mean, sometimes I feel that you could easily catch up with someone and pretend... As if you just hung out with them the day before, but other times it's distance and life just throws you in weird directions, you know? Yeah. Well, um, 
we'll talk about Brad Pitt. Uh, speaking of Letterbox, gives Josie and the Pussycats five stars. I just feel like I need to say that because she is like respected on Letterbox, and Josie and the Pussycats is one of my favorite movies, and she gives it five stars. Yeah, and people have their opinions all the time. So I've never seen Josie and the Pussycats, and I, I think you should. Where where can I where can one watch it? I don't know where it's available right now, but I'm sure there's an illegal link somewhere. Don't do that, kids. But. They're probably honestly the issues. illegal links. I've I've been trying my illegal links. And they don't work anymore because oh. I have to make an account, and I'm not going to make um, an account. Interesting. To you know to watch those movies. So well, you know what's annoying about illegal links? Not that you should. I don't come for me, police. But uh, sometimes I want to watch a movie, and it is not on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever. And I want to watch it on my TV. But if the movie's not on one of those platforms, then I have to watch it on my laptop. Because there's no way for me to, like, airplay or something to my TV. I've tried to figure it out. I can't figure it out. Um, so if anyone has advice on streaming from an Apple laptop to a Samsung smart TV, help a girl out. And I can't there, there's a way to do it. I just don't know how. I, have, I can't figure it out. But anyways, that's annoying is when I want to watch an old movie. It's not on any of those platforms. And then I have to watch it on my laptop. Struggles. Oh, I was going to say, I think we might have talked about... No, I think my sister and I talked about this. Uh, she came into town last week for two days, and we asked each other, are you more likely to watch if you were sitting in your bed? Do you prefer sitting in your bed and watching a movie on your laptop, or do you prefer sitting on a couch and watching a movie with your TV? I feel like that depends, because in my mind, if I'm on the couch watching a movie, it's because I'm downstairs with my parents. Like, it's more of a community event does that make sense like i'm not alone so you wouldn't you wouldn't even i mean you don't have a tv in your living room we're actually in a new location by the way so. oh yeah we didn't even mention that normally if you record at andrew's house and we're at my apartment right now i know Amazing. which is crazy and we were thinking the vibe might be different but it's kind of the same it's the same right now yeah my carpet's kind of like itchy it's like sticking me through my leggings so my butt's itchy if anyone wanted to know okay anyways moving on <laughs> so what i was saying is sally dar doesn't have a television in her apartment living room but she only has one in her bedroom and mm-hmm. your laptop so yeah. which one which one are you more oh I don't, okay in i guess I, let's, let's, let's put it in that region okay if um i would prefer my tv because it's there it's bigger and then i normally multitask which is like bad because i should pay more attention on the movie but Depending on the movie, if I've seen it before, if it's more of like a comedy, then I'll tend to multitask because like you don't have to listen to every single piece of dialogue. But if it's more serious, then I'll try to only focus on the TV. But yeah, TV because it's bigger. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I would say TV. Well, right now I don't have a roommate. So mm-hmm. I mean, even if I had a roommate, it might be a little different. Yeah. But for me, watching a movie in my bed with the laptop, it's just not ideal because it's like you want to sit comfortably with your back straight pot well maybe not your back straight but yeah. you know it's well yeah because oh so andrew has a couch and a tv by his couch and then you have your bedroom so when it's like one eight let, let's say you're watching a movie at like midnight are you you're still on the couch likely still on the couch okay because if me if i feel like i lived in your apartment and it was like midnight i'd probably watch it on my laptop and yeah i could see yeah myself going i guess i haven't really watched a movie past midnight yeah I, f- I finish movies after midnight, obviously, yeah. but I mean, it's, I mean, I, I feel really comfortable. I love my couch a lot. You, you know how much I love yeah. my couch. And yeah, I, I guess this is an interesting it, question. Well, so similarly, kind of different, but I feel like people have different movie watching habit, habits or preferences. And yesterday in my comedy writing class, my professor, Margaret, 
she was talking about, uh, we were asking what she's going to do over spring break or whatever. And she was like, oh, like I have some writing of my own I'm going to do. And I wanted to ask her and I didn't ask her what her ideal writing situation is. Because I think it's interesting to see how or where people watch movies and how or where people write mm -hmm. or study, whatever. Because I was never a library person. Like I, ha I just, it doesn't work for me. So I don't know. Like, do you have a place where you like to write or work? Mm, I don't know. So Gary, you have Gary now as a professor. No, I don't. Oh, I thought, oh yeah, you were supposed to and now you don't. Anyways, Gary is this like really funny professor. His ideal writing situation is this little bar like nearby that has amazing margaritas. He just like sits at the bar and drinks margaritas and writes. How funny is that? That sounds, can we try I, that? I know, I know, let's do it. I honestly want to go there and see if he's there and just be like, hey what's Gary. It, what's it called? Um, I have it written down in my phone, okay. so we should go sometime. We should try that. Yeah. I, I feel for me, I usually, I, my couch is my sweet spot, I would say, uh -huh. is where I spend most of my time, but I've been trying to write at my desk, too, and figure that out. I don't really have, like, a, a like a location writing spot. I love coffee shops, mm -hmm. so going to coffee shops and getting work done, but I really haven't spent time writing or doing any, like, I'll do movie work or something things at coffee shops or my bedroom it's really either or yeah i feel like i need to find a location outside of my apartment that i'm like comfortable with where it's like i don't feel like my problem with libraries is always that i felt like people are staring at me so i feel like i need a place where i don't feel like people are staring at me and i feel more at home even mm -hmm. though it's not my home because right now i write in my bed which is not good but the other day i wrote at my desk and i got a lot done so i need to write yeah. at my desk I, i'm a big people watcher person so yeah, me same. going into a large place such as a library i get distracted all the same. time and it's not because i'm distracted from myself where i'm, I'm like not willing to do it. i'm distracted because of the people around me yeah and i'm curious what they're doing because yeah. you know they, they all make good stories people watching is my favorite sport no joke. More, it's so fun. More popular than tennis or baseball and yeah. football. Yeah, me and my mom always talk about this. Like, there's no way that I'll ever end up with someone who doesn't also love people watching. And, like, like people watching in the way... Because I think you people watching, but, like, you also give good commentary about it. I think people watching is one of my bigger weaknesses in terms of I get distracted easily. Uh -huh. And then when people are talking to me, I'm distracted by someone else yeah. who's doing something in the background or... In class, for example, I hate it when the teacher is talking and then other students are talking while the teacher is lecturing. Oh my god, you would hate the writer's room class that I'm in. It is literally... <laughs> no, I mean, I'm in writing classes right now where people just talk just and talk over each other. Yeah. And I'm just... I want to take a minute and process what I'm being heard and not dealing with all the side conversations going on around me. It's yeah. very distracting. And then I fall victim to it too. I hate that sometimes, but I also love it because, I mean, I feel like I've said this before, but my ideal job after grad school is to work in a writer's room. I mean, I'd probably be like a PA or a writer's assistant before I get to be a staff writer. But that's, like, all it is. Like, it's just people... I mean, there's probably a little bit more control to it, but um, it's just people, like, pitching ideas and just shooting the shit and talking over each other, which is like the other day in class, I was getting really frustrated because it was just so loud and I just like couldn't hear myself think. Mm -hmm. But then other times, like I'm definitely the one doing it. And I think it's so fun um, because like going to work and just be able to like joke around is so nice. So I don't know. There's positives and negatives. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a little bit of, they're both, I guess. But for me, <laughs> that's what I would say one of my biggest flaws in terms of if this was on my Tinder profile <laughs> and i had to like include all my flaws i would say gets distracted easily you know? oh what would my flaw be 
My, oh, I was just talking about this in the car. My flaw would be um, gets really aggressive over really small things. Like if someone, like, I don't know. If someone pours water the wrong way into a glass, I'll be like, why the fuck did you do that? That's so interesting. Like I won't be, I'll just, I just will. Get, just think about it in your head. I just, I just talk about my like unnecessary, my stupid opinions way too much and I get aggressive, but it's more from a comedy. Like I'm trying to joke about it, but it comes off as just being like, Aggressive. Yeah. So that's probably my flaw. They should make dating apps where you list all of your flaws so people know it in advance. And then you also, there's the idea of you want to date someone who's opposite of you. So mm. if you, you know Oh my that. God. Someone, is there an opposites attract dating app? There, there should be an opposites attract dating app. You would end up with someone that is 5'6 instead of 6'5. Well, maybe I'm thinking more personality. <laughs> oh, it's 6'7 though. <laughs> I'm thinking more personality. Okay, than I know. Heights. It's a joke. Um, or it's, yeah. or have you watched Love is Blind? I haven't yet. Okay, that would have been interesting to talk about on this podcast, but neither of us have watched it, so that might be our Well, part. so I'm a reality queen, like, I love reality TV, and I'm just more of a Bravo girl, and I've been meaning to watch it, but I just have been, I don't know, I just haven't, My sister binged a lot of it, and I've heard things, and... Well, what's interesting about it is that they filmed it in 2018, I've heard, so oh. this is, like, very old footage. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, things have changed so much since then. Yeah. Well, another... I mean, I don't know... I don't know too much about it, but I think it's interesting because when Netflix originally made it, it was very much experimental-based, whereas, like, The Bachelorette now is more... You know, these people coming on, being thirsty, trying to be influencers, whatever, but when Netflix did this, it was genuinely, like... We are doing an experiment to see people if people are people are really looking for yeah, love. Yeah, like it feels like it's a little bit coming. It's coming from a more authentic place, and the fact that it wasn't even released for two years, like these people definitely weren't like thirsting out on social media, like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette mm-hmm. are. You know, so I think for that reason, I would probably enjoy it more. Um, but yeah, I need to watch it. I just yeah. for some reason. I'm just, like, such a Bravo girl, and I don't know what it is, but deep in my soul, it just feels weird that Netflix is doing reality, but also I love it, so I need to I need to support it, because I think it's a good thing that my, they're doing My reality. question, though, is do you feel like you would go on that show, and do you feel you could be... Because people get engaged after mm-hmm. a few days without even seeing... They don't even see the person until they engage with them. Do you think you could do that? First of all, I would never go on a dating show, but um, no, because I am... I, don't know much about dating um but one thing i do know is that i would feel i would have to live with the person before i ever got engaged to someone like there's no way i would ever get engaged to someone and not have i would need to live with them i also feel again neither of us are dating experts but (laughs) i feel you need to get through your first fight with someone before you realize that you can be together forever you know i don't necessarily feel that it should all be perfect until you get engaged You, you need to have those Highs and lows with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I just need like a, I need to see your morning and your night routine and like how you leave the kitchen after you cook. Like that's all I need to do. You know? And for them, they're just having blind dates with each other talking. And yeah. I mean, good for them if they fall in (laughs) love, but. That's a, um, that's a whole new hardship in itself. Would you ever go on a reality TV show? Yeah, well, I, I auditioned for Survivor. I might have mentioned that. Yeah, before. I don't know. I don't think you have. Uh, we had a whole discussion about reality TV shows today and how people think they're fake. And part of it I do agree on. A little interesting. I think there's a spectrum. There is a definitely a spectrum. Yeah. But we talked about House Hunters a little bit, which is... I haven't de- watched it. Where it's 
they go look at three different houses. Oh, I have seen it. Never mind. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like the beach one, and then there's yeah, yeah. And a different reality TV. But the, the, sort of the same thing. People say that's fake. I oh, I knew someone that went on an HGTV um, one in uh, where they did that. They picked the house and in New Orleans. This woman worked at Tulane, and she said that it was like they knew what house they were going to pick, but they just like saw. And they get fifteen hundred dollars yeah. for being on the show. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a thirty-minute episode. Yeah, and so there's that, and then what, what was else I was gonna say? Oh, oh, and then The Bachelor is basically the producers try to convince people to get angry to start the fights because uh-huh. they are looking for drama. Uh-huh. This season on The Bachelor, there was that controversy where. Peter and his date, it might have been a Victoria, I don't know names of anyone, they went to a Chase Rice concert, and uh-huh. apparently oh, Chase Rice dated her, Yeah, and just, like, producers definitely know how to manipulate yeah. the situation and cause drama, and then this year, they had all three women in the fantasy, like, they all knew, like, who was going into the fantasy suites and who wasn't, which is a different spectrum, so reality TV is definitely gearing itself towards this path where it's trying to get as much drama as possible where it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. Where Love is Blind, I'm not saying Love is Blind is authentic, but uh-huh. at least it's a little better where you think they're coming in for the right reasons and you know it's it's more of a social experiment where yeah. The Bachelor is more of competition and trying to stand out and be an influencer after the show. Yeah. It's interesting, like, the spectrum of what's real to what's not, because The Hills, I mean, this is a very important piece of TV history. The series finale for The Hills ended with, I forget who got in the car, but some care, I I don't remember who it was, but they drive away in this car down a street in LA, and it's like, you know, a street with, like, the palm trees on either side, you know, very cinematic, and as they drive away, basically the background kind of collapses and it kind of looks like it's a set. And so oh. they basically leave the series on what's real and what's not. Interesting. Because The Hills and Laguna Beach got so much flack of like, ah, oh, this is fake, this is or what what's real, what's not. Because that was the beginning of reality TV, one of yeah. the first shows. And so they left the series on that note where it's like, you know, some some of it is fake and some of it's not. Or like what maybe it's all I've fake. I've never seen The Hills. Great show. <laughs> What's that? Can you can you explain to our listeners? What yeah. Well? Okay. So Laguna Beach is, was the first show, and that was about high schoolers that went to school in Laguna Beach. And this is an interesting fact: is that when um, MTV originally was going to make the show, they were going to film these kids in high school, like in class, between class, by their lockers. And then something happened with the school. I can't remember exactly what. And they were like, "This is not going to happen. You're not filming in the school." So they were like, okay, well, we're still going to make it, but we'll film these kids outside of school. So every episode was about high school, but you never saw them in class, which I think is kind of interesting. So it was all these kids. Basically, the main storyline, I would say, is that Kristen was dating this guy named Steven. She was the new girl, kind of, and she was a year younger than a lot of these characters. Steven was kind of in love with this or his best friend was this other girl named Lauren and then Lauren is the one that originally got the spin-off for the hills so Lauren LG is the main one for the hills and Kristen was always kind of like the bad guy whatever so then the hills is about Lauren she works at Teen Vogue and whatever and then Kristen eventually eventually comes back to the hills but yeah so the hills is the spin-off of Laguna Beach and yeah yeah 
It's a good show. Um, maybe, <laughs> that that maybe, was too much information, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll have to check it out. I don't know. It's a fun show to go back and watch because it's so dated, and you, it's so obvious how dated it is. They have flip phones. I, I love the dated content, though, because yeah. it's so obscure to what we see nowadays. Yeah. I, I, I want to watch more shows that are old school, and even Friends, even though that doesn't feel too dated, it, it still, in a way, feels different than most shows you watch today. Yeah. And so I'm definitely trying to find a new show to binge that has more of a 90s, 80s feel to it. I think, I honestly think Laguna Beach is a good one to watch, because you see, especially now with all of, you know, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff, it's high schoolers dealing with drama, but they don't have any social media. And they have flip phones. So it's really just texting. Like, that's it. Hmm. And, like, that, that's all. Like, that's really their main form of, you know, drama and gossip and communication. There's no photos to be shared. I think it was before. There might have been MySpace. But it's before all of that. So it's interesting to see. It's more. It, I guess the drama almost feels more authentic because it's all face-to-face. Whereas I feel like a lot of reality shows, it'll be like, oh, so-and-so posted this, which was definitely shade, whereas this was all face-to-face confrontation. Speaking of more of, like, texting in terms of shade and all that, Gossip Girl is having their reboot, and Uh they just announced its first cast member, whose name I don't even remember. That's how memorable. I haven't even heard about this. Gossip Girl's doing a reboot. Okay, I heard that, but I didn't hear they announced a cast member. They announced their first cast member this week. Wow. Did you watch Gossip Girl? I've seen bits and pieces of Gar- okay. Gossip Girl. I know who Gossip Girl is. Yeah. I, I I haven't seen the whole thing. My my sister was a big Gossip Girl fan, and she got all the DVDs for Christmas, so uh-huh. she like binged them, and I would jump in every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, so you got the vibe. To know like who the characters yeah. were, and a little bit about the world. Yeah. And so that's going to be an interesting one to look out for, but I don't know how successful it's going to be compared to... The original. Well, so what I always thought about... Well, I've seen every episode of Gossip Girl. Love it. It was the show I watched in middle school and high school, and that's not the reason why I went to boarding school. But it was definitely part of the reason why I was like, damn, I want to go to New England, like, look at all these trendy city kids, whatever. But I... So there was a... Gossip Girl is based off of a book, and there was also, like, a spinoff or a prequel, I can't remember, to Gossip Girl called The It Girl, which was... Oh, yeah. Based on Taylor Momsen's character. Yes. And I always wondered why they didn't make a spinoff of Gossip Girl. Like, it wouldn't have to star Taylor Momsen or whatever, but I always thought that they would have made a show about that, but they never did. Interesting. But there might be something there. There might be something there. I, I don't know if the original cast is going to come back. Onto uh-huh. the, oh, uh, yeah, no, they're way too old. <laughs> I, I think there was rumors that, is it Chase Crawford? Yeah. He might. Nate. Yeah, but I don't think Blake Lively or... No, she is Leighton does Mesner? not. Is that right? Leighton Meester. Leighton Meester. Yeah. I don't think they plan on coming back anytime soon. Yeah, I don't feel like they would. But speaking of um, like reunion-type reboots, two things. One... The um, Lizzie McGuire stuff, oh. drama going on, and the Friends thing. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's, well, Friends, I think, we'll start with that. Yeah. Because it has some reunions. I'm excited. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess, we, I guess that's happened in the past two weeks since we've talked about it. Yeah, Maybe? I, don't I think so. Know. I think it's pretty recent. But they all posted the same picture except for Matthew Perry. He posted, I believe, a photo from MASH. It wasn't even the right series. Mm-hmm. But it, it was really funny. I'm excited. It's supposed to be a one-hour unscripted special. So, yeah, what I don't know much about it because I'm not, like, a huge Friends person, but I heard that the way they kind of portrayed it, it's like, oh, it's a reboot, you know, all the gang's getting back together, it's going to be another episode, but what I think it actually is is just, you know, them on a couch talking about Friends. Like, I think it's more 
just yeah, yeah. I'm not really too sure what to expect. Yeah, but it. I feel like the way that they presented it, it was more like well, it's they, another episode but they where never, it's not. They all just tweeted the same thing, saying it's happening. We yeah. don't know what's happening. Yeah, it could be anything. I it's guess like, it's probably just social media. People are like another episode, and yeah. it's, it's, it's not also like HBO that. Max is the mm-hmm. new platform, so it's definitely finding a way to get its viewers and subscribers. Yeah. we'll see how many cancel afterwards. Um, the Lizzie McGuire stuff. Lizzie McGuire stuff. <laughs> Very interesting. I believe Disney Plus, Disney Plus is struggling for a few reasons, and that's one of them. The other reason was the new Love, Simon spinoff also got pulled because it was quote-unquote not adult-friendly, mm. which is funny because Anakin Skywalker literally kills children in that movie, that Star Wars movie. Oh. And so you're going to say that's family-friendly yeah. and an LGBT couple, is it? question debate another time but lizzie mcguire is sort of the same way is lizzie hillary duff was speaking out saying that hillary duff should be acting like she's in her 30s she shouldn't be acting like a teenager yeah like a 30 year old can drop the f-bomb yeah a 30 would drop an f-bomb it definitely would drop the f-bomb and so i believe she's trying to make a case for it to go to hulu which is disney plus's sister platform and that's where the new love simon is going to yeah i hope they do I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to watch a Lizzie McGuire movie where it's like, I want her to like be a yeah, 30 year old. She, she's... Well, the other, and sorry, I'm cutting you off a little bit, but she, the, the part of the argument she made is like, the fans are now in their 20s and 30s. Like, why would I make a movie for kids that are 16? Like, you know, like they didn't grow up with Lizzie McGuire. Like, I want to do justice to the character, you know? Yeah. And it's also like, she has full power. Like, she's Hilary Duff. If, like, you know, she doesn't have to do any of it. Yeah, you know? and so I there was I think someone was fired right when the production was starting. I don't know all the tea and all the drama. Oh, I heard about it. It was like um, the original creator of Lizzie McGuire. I think you know had a certain vision. I don't know if it was the creator or the you know whoever came up with. The, I don't remember what position, but one of the head people for the original show um, ended up being replaced, and I think it was because like they had a certain vision and like it was just not going to happen. And they were like, "Well, I'm out. Sorry." So I don't know if it's like around the same kind of tea, but maybe. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's having a lot of difficulties, but I'm honestly happy that Hilary Duff is like not is only willing to do a show that she thinks would do Lizzie McGuire justice. And then that's good, especially. And that just makes me stand her even more. <laughs> yeah, I hope it happens. I, I'm I'm not feeling confident right now that it will. I don't know. Just because Hollywood's in such a mess right now, and especially Disney Plus and Hulu, mm-hmm. where. They're trying to get as much content out as possible, and there's people such as Hilary Duff who's arguing about the content and yeah. what she wants for Lizzie McGuire's character. I yeah. saw some funny tweets about it. I can't remember. Oh, the best one, I retweeted it. Someone had oh. tweeted, um, uh, just a random account tweeted, I want to have sex in Rome. And oh, someone, yeah. Re- <laughs> yeah. someone retweeted it with a comment, and it just said... Uh, Hillary Duff uh, regarding the new Lizzie McGuire movie, and I just thought it was so funny. The internet's hilarious. Yeah, sometimes. they need to. If she, if they're doing the reboot eventually, or the whatever, the new series, she better be going to Rome and yeah. seeing what's up with Paolo. Oh hell yeah! And Isabella. We yeah, need, we need. We need to know. I know. I can't wait to like. What is the storyline from the movie, and where does she live? <laughs> because the other thing, have you ever heard of the show Younger? That I've movie? heard of it. Yeah. So Hillary Duff is in the show Younger, and so a lot of times people say, "Oh, like." 
Lizzie McGuire is alive and well. She's living in New York, working as a at a publishing place. Yeah, so people joke about that, like Lizzie McGuire lives in New York. So I feel like if they placed her in New York, they'd be like, we already we've seen Hilary Duff living in yeah. New York. So I don't feel like they'd place her there. Maybe she lives in LA. I don't know. Maybe, I have no idea. Maybe she isn't like in a famous city either. Maybe you know? I don't know. That, I feel like. That would be interesting for her character, too, yeah. because a lot of these shows involve characters making it big. Let's see a character who doesn't make it big mm-hmm. and try a plan B. Where's where's the plan B? Is Chicago, Texas, Tennessee? Oh, I would like to see her in Chicago. That'd be kind of fun. I've never been to Chicago. <laughs> You've never been to Chicago? No, I haven't. I want to go. It's an interesting environment. I feel like I talk about this all the time, but if I go, I would go the first time. I would have to plan it all around seeing um, Frank Lloyd Wright's stuff because oh. I, but like some of his stuff is like outside of of Chicago, so I need to rent a car and stuff. But deep dish pizza and Frank Lloyd Wright. Deep dish pizza <laughs> is so good. I love I love both. I guess this could be our final conversation. I mean, we're slowly coming to the end of our show. But what kind of pizza do you prefer? Do you prefer deep dish or do you prefer thin crust? Oh, um, well, I don't know. Deep you, dish is the had right a, word. I was going to say, have you had deep dish since you? No, have? I've never had deep dish pizza. Oh. But in general, I do prefer like a fluffier crust. But before you before you say your favorite kind. I tweeted the other day, the West Coast can simply not be the best coast because there are no mellow mushrooms to be found. And if you do not know what a mellow mushroom is, is if you do not know what a mellow mushroom is, it is a pizza place and I think it started in Atlanta, so most of the places are in the south slash east coast. There's the closest one is in Arizona out here. But it is my favorite pizza of all time. Very fluffy crust. Um, I have just, been to a mellow mushroom. It is so yes. good. It's it is really, my favorite pizza. It is really good. Thank you. So it's very delicious. I I had plenty of pizza there to celebrate events. There's one ten minute walk in, by TCU. Uh Really they, good. They have like a white sauce pizza that's so good. The house pizza is so good. They have a pesto one, and they also have a great salad called the. Are, you a, are you a pizza folder? What do you like? I fold it in half this way. Yeah, yeah. I think in general, yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big pizza folder. Good to know. What's too. What's your favorite kind of pizza? Do you have a favorite pizza place or just type or what? A, a good cheese pizza can never go wrong. Oh, see, I'm totally Simple. pepperoni. Uh, yeah, I can't do pepperoni. Mm. I I love building your own pizzas too. If you do chicken, barbecue sauce, lettuce. Of I, course, I, you do the barbecue sauce. I, everything I, tastes I good. I knew it. Barbecue it's sauce. True. It's true. That was the plan. If we were you were at my place tonight, it was going to be. I think hot dogs and crescent rolls with barbecue sauce. Or it was going to be um, pod stickers with barbecue, barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. You always got to have the barbecue sauce. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any here for you. I know. <laughs> it's sad. But you know what? It's it's totally fine. I'm trying to think if like beach pizza is probably so good. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about it all That's the so time. funny. All the time. <laughs> I can't think of any other pizza. My, my Honestly, Domino's slaps. I fucking love Domino's. <laughs> So good, and the cin- they have such good desserts too. Like, yeah. no, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm writing my script about a pizza shop right now too. Wait, the script for next semester? Yeah. Okay. It's, cool. It's being it's taking place in a pizza shop. How long can that one be? Ten pages. Ten pages. I think. Ooh. I don't know with dialogue. Big movie. So, oh, big movie, big moves. <laughs> Got my. I finished my casting today. For, or, oh yeah, or, or, let's or, talk yeah. about the sets this week or oh, yeah. just coming up. That's yeah. what we're going to end on. Okay, so I was on set last weekend, which was really fun uh, for Giselle, and his was a very colorful set. I thought the lighting was really good. I was the assistant director, so our job was to stay on schedule, make sure everything was fine, make sure everyone was safe. 
think everything went well. It was a very late night shoot, so we mm-hmm. went from 5 p.m. to 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. both days, so my sleep schedule was very messed up mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, I think I did an okay job, so it was a good experience. Good. And then you weren't on set this weekend, right? No, I was not. You were with your friends. Yes, I visited my two friends. And yeah. so, but this weekend, I'm on two sets, so tomorrow I'm, I'm producing two this weekend, Henry's which is being filmed at my place right now, which is why we moved over here, because Mm -hmm. she's setting up with her production design team. And then we're both on Sophie G's sets. Mm -hmm. And so you want to talk about that? Yeah, I'm the assistant director for Sophie G this weekend. I'm very excited. I haven't been an assistant director since yours last semester. Um, But I like assistant directing. I I think I like it because it allows me to talk. And, like, I have a hard time staying silent on set. So the assistant director is probably one of the people that who gets to actually talk loudly. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm, like, necessarily good at being an assistant director. Like, I don't want to say it. Like, oh, I'm so good at it. But... You're learning. I think, I think I'm more apt to do it than other people because I'm not afraid to speak up. And I do think... Some people tend to be shyer or quieter, and I'm definitely not that kind of person. So I am more apt to do it. Um... But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, and yeah. then I'm doing sound for it as well as producing. So yeah, and then I'll we, be running the boom. Yeah, which you're good. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. <laughs> and then we have spring break, so there won't be an episode next week. Oh yeah, week. no episode next week, guys. And Kennedy. Wow. We're finishing our podcast. Do you want to? Do you want to say hi? Hi. 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 Hi.